This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hey, I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today we're talking with Larry Bud Meyer, a longtime editor, newsman, and Knight Foundation executive. These days, Bud has a different kind of career. He's a consultant, an environmental advocate, and a social innovator. And he's the author of Mother Fracker. That's a funny novel that's also serious because it takes on the hydraulic fracturing industry. Bud, you've been a longtime journalist. You've been an executive with the Knight Foundation, which is a wonderful organization. But these days, your career feels a little bit more complex. How would you describe your career and and this phase of your life? Good question. And I've thought a lot about that because uh, I think of it as a a progression. Uh, The first uh, third perhaps focused on the facts of journalism um, and the search for the truth, the, the sort of rigid, even objective nature of all that. Um, transitioning to my foundation, uh, where I was a, a communications executive, uh, that was more about uh, getting a message across. Uh, I even, uh, it was strategic communications work, but I made sure I understood that my job was not was no longer that fact-based journalism business, but more propaganda, actually, um, getting the message of the foundation across. Um, in this third phase, um, it's uh, a little bit of everything. Um, uh, uh, stabs at writing fiction um, and the freedom and, and um, liberating aspect of that. Um, in the last eight years since I early retired, um, I feel like I've embraced just about everything. Um, I've gone from the buttoned-down uh, suit-and-tie world of the foundation into a life of flip-flops in Florida and check shirts in uh, rural Virginia. And um, among along the way, in the last eight years, I've started two small businesses, uh, a nonprofit. I taught for a couple of years at the University of Miami, uh, wrote a novel, and have written most of a second. Um, and along the way, uh, learned some surprising lessons uh, about myself. Well, let's talk a little bit about the novel, your first novel, and maybe even your second novel, and then I'd like to hear some of the things you've learned. Your novel is, which I love, I've read it, it's fun, but it's also informative, but it's sort of hard to describe because it's not a genre everybody is familiar with. Your novel is Mother Fracker. Tell us about it. Mother Fracker uh, actually emerged from some consulting work that I was doing uh, uh, in early retirement. Um, My clients were, uh, are, uh, foundations and larger nonprofits, and I did a lot of work in Pittsburgh. At the same time, I was 
thinking about starting a series of books, but I didn't have all the pieces in place. I had a sketchy group of characters kind of emerging from my journalism background. I had the place, Rappahannock County, Virginia, this pristine jewel of Virginia in the Piedmont. Um, and when you're writing fiction, you need three things. You need a plot line, you need characters, you need a sense of place. Uh, the piece that was missing was the plot line. But in Pittsburgh one day at the end of a uh, day of consulting with a foundation executive, she looked out the window of her downtown Pittsburgh office and got this crestfallen look on her face and started to tell me the story of how fracking, something I'd scarcely heard about, was having a huge impact on her 30 years of work on the Pittsburgh environment. And uh, in a sweep, this uh, fracking movement, fracking frenzy, was changing everything in Pittsburgh. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania aren't that far away from where uh, I live in Virginia. And I went back and uh, Googled a lot and noodled it a little bit and realized that um, that my um, appreciation for the environment and where I live in Virginia um, could provide the plot points, the, the action for a series of environmental novels. So Mother Fracker is the first of those. Um, same characters, same place, Rappahannock County, with different environmental threats um, that will awaken the good people of Rappahannock County and uh, try to smoke the rascals um, threatening the environment that we enjoy here. Well, your your lead character, Tip, is a bit of a rascal himself in different ways. He's a, a former Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. He uh, is um, passionate about things he cares about. At the same time, he understands old-fashioned fact-finding journalism. But he also is a bit of a romantic hero, and he is willing to try non-traditional approaches to draw attention to the things he cares about. Is there anything autobiographical about this wonderful character, Tip, that you've created? I described the book in mashup terms. Um, Rachel Carson meets Carl Hyacin, one of my former colleagues at the Miami Herald and, a, and an excellent uh, comic novelist in his his own right. His, his work uh, I admire greatly and I even model it after that. Um, Tilt himself uh, is a mashup. Um, think of a Virginia gentleman and a journalism watchdog, and I mashed him up into a gentleman watchdog. Um, his career is not like mine uh, at the Miami Herald. I was many different flavors of editor before I became uh, an executive at the newspaper working in the publisher's office as his executive assistant. Um, uh, I think if there was one kind of defining characteristic of my newspaper career that set me on a different path and toward this um, writing an environmental novel, it was that uh, in the 
days of, in the 1980s, when I had, I guess those were the salad days of my journalism career. Uh, and after Watergate, uh, uh, journalism took a swing toward um, ex- what I'll call extreme objectivity. Um, the denizens of the newsroom, uh, like myself and my colleagues at the Herald, were actually encouraged not to get involved uh, in matters outside the, the newsroom, that to be engaged in the community or um, the neighborhood uh, in an official way was to um, threaten the objectivity required in being rigorous uh, reporters and, and documenters of life in a town like Miami, Florida. Um, where I started to push back was uh, when I went to my boss uh, on the news desk of the Miami Herald, and I said, uh, you know, I come from a small town. I appreciate the history and heritage of uh, Hannibal, Missouri, uh, where I grew up, Mark Twain's hometown, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and the heritage of uh, life on the Mississippi, um, a place where history really does come alive. In, in fact, in the built environment, you look uh, up and down the streets of Hannibal and you see history, um, and uh, even in the um, neighborhoods, the, the streets are just filled with great old homes. Um, uh, I have an older brother who's been a historic preservation contractor for his entire career, and I, too, kind of got that bug. Well, the Miami uh, version of the hysterical preservationists is Dave Heritage Trust. Uh, I went to their meetings. They asked me to become a member, and I did. They asked me to join the board, and I thought, well, that's uh, a stretch. But I went to my boss, and I said, I want to do this. I want to join a nonprofit board, and I promise that it won't um, affect my job as the editor supervising the Sunday newspapers of the uh, newspaper. That if any matter before Dave Heritage Trust were to come uh, across my desk, I would recuse myself. But but I want to do this. And so he reluctantly said, well, okay, Meyer. Um, And I think that was an example of how I became the first to do something, um, kind of a repeated pattern in my career after that. I was the first to join a nonprofit uh, from the ranks of the newsroom at the Miami Herald. Um, I was the first to find a program at the Kennedy School of Government in um, public administration that welcomed uh, working journalists and uh, subsequently several other Herald newsroom people uh, followed me to that program. I was the first Herald executive to discover uh, and apply for, get accepted for a statewide program called Leadership Florida. Well, after that, several Herald executives followed my lead and became um, uh, participants in a, a great statewide leadership program. And uh, in one more example Working for the publisher, I wrote a briefing paper for him, uh, giving him a heads up that 
across America, there was this interesting, intriguing movement called, for want of another term, public journalism or civic journalism. Uh, it was kind of a new thing. Uh, they kind of pushed against those bounds of objectivity that I described earlier. Um, and my briefing paper went upstairs to the CEO of Night Ritter Newspapers at the time, a wonderful gentleman named Jim Batten. And uh, kind of surprised me one day when Jim Batten called and said, come up and talk to me about this. I did. And he said, uh, Bud, I'd like you to be my eyes and ears on this. Um, if I put you on the road for a bit and ask you to go to some of these places you describe, um, come back and tell me what this is really all about. And I did. Uh, and what that led to was, um, in many ways, the corporation uh, embracing this idea um, in many places, including Miami, reluctantly. Um, but you've seen, um, or I think we've seen, um, uh, change in journalism over time where more uh, newsrooms are more open to engaging their readers and realize, perhaps belatedly, that they um, have to uh, have a fairer exchange of information with the people who are their subscribers and readers. We'll be back with more after this. Sometimes the best way to cut through red tape is with sharp skills. The 100% online Masters of Public Administration program from The Ohio University Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs is a program that can help you bolster your passion for public service with the expertise to find solutions. Become an expert communicator. Learn to manage human resources and budgets. Construct effective and actionable policy. Demonstrate your leadership by partnering with the private sector and non-governmental organizations. Three specialized concentrations are available to help you narrow your focus. Public leadership and management, nonprofit management, and environmental and energy policy. Visit ohio.edu backslash MPA. does it feel to be a novelist and what impact has it had on your life and the rest of your career? Pyerson, who I referred to earlier, has a wonderful comic acerbic wit. Uh, and uh, Mother Fracker, I think, is funny. Uh, it gets an important environmental point across that fracking, uh, while having benefits, many economic um, also uh, threatens our environment in ways that we still haven't quite fully embraced. Uh, being a novelist gave me uh, a new uh, platform and a new uh, to, to test a new voice, this um, advocate for uh, the environment. Uh, I hadn't quite realized that that's what I was, but... Um, uh, it's given me that opportunity to say, wait a minute, um, there's a lot we don't know about fracking, the, the cancer-causing uh, chemicals that they use in the process um, do harm people and do harm the environment, and 
I feared that the industry was racing out ahead of um, the, the studies that need to be done to help us better understand what's going on. One of my many local activities here in Rappahannock County, Virginia, involves uh, serving as a board member for the local environmental organization, the Rappahannock League for Environmental Protection. Um, so uh, I'm continuing that um, interest in nonprofits um, uh, by joining many as a member or as a volunteer or as a board member. Um, and that extends to creating a, an interesting sort of hybrid venture called Foothills Forum locally. It's uh, to go back to that concept of a mashup um, of tips and actually well, Foothills Forum is a mashup of uh, providing news and information in a community that has a strong interest in it, but uh, 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 ability to gather and collect and distribute the news. So our community-sponsored nonprofit is um, doing research and reporting on the issues that matter in Rappahannock County. It's interesting uh, in that it sort of takes a playbook from the work that I did with the journalism focus of Knight Foundation, uh, and kind of mashes that into this wonderful sense of place we have in Rappahannock County, Virginia. Um, there are projects across America like uh, Foothills Forum, nonprofits providing many means of um, support or um, uh, content for their community, whether it's in partnership with a TV station, a radio station, a newspaper. Um, in our case, it's very interesting because Rappahannock County is only 7,500 citizens, a very small scale. And uh, the news writer in town is a weekly newspaper, and it's the only game in town. So unlike other places, there's a, a, a more robust um media ecology, if you will. Rappahannock County has uh, literally just one player at the moment. So you're having a, a good time, it sounds like, but you have multiple careers going on. You're a social innovator. You're an environmental advocate. You're a novelist and an author. You're doing some consulting. You're working out... Um, themes in your career going back to your old print journalism days. How do you keep it all straight? How do you organize your life so that you keep a balance, particularly when you're living in rural Virginia and also you have a footprint in Miami? How, how do you keep yourself organized? Well, that's a great question. And as I thought about um, prepared for this interview, uh, uh, it's time to talk uh, about one of the elephants in my room. I think I've uh, uh, overdone it a bit. In the last eight years uh, in early retirement, when I had the opportunity, I have perhaps overcommitted um, in embracing everything. I forgot one of the big drivers about 
uh, why I chose early retirement in the first place. And it, it gets to something very personal to me. Um, at age 14, I developed, a, uh, I had an early mysterious onset of a condition later diagnosed as a severe form of arthritis. And it's had a real impact on many choices and decisions I've made in my life. Um, I tried not to let it be any kind of limiting factor, and yet um, uh, way too often, in, uh, especially in my foundation career, I uh, pushed myself uh, beyond uh, physical boundaries. I worked too many hours. I worked too many weekends. I took too many trips. Um, I'm not built to put um, bags and overhead compartments in newspapers. And that kind of commitment was physically taxing. Um, and at age 53, when I decided that I was going to take early retirement, I considered myself a 53-year-old guy in a 73-year-old man's body. And one of the factors in choosing early retirement was to say, um, enjoy life now while I can uh, without the requirements doing it for uh, a paycheck. So uh, at the, on the outset of my retirement, I said to myself, um, keep a slower, steady pace, um, have fun stretching boundaries, um, but as I look back eight years later, um, maybe I've overdone it with too many fun things. And in, um, in fact, I've started to slow some of that down. Uh, I still make sure that in my um, working day life, such as it is, I still take time to take a nap. Great. I, I, I'm a big believer in naps and a big believer in pausing. I know that you bring exuberance to everything you're doing. It's just one of the, the, the joys of working with you on projects, and everybody notices it. But I also have the sense that you're, you do have a little bit of that, of your hero tip in you, that you like to have some fun. Do you do some things that are just sheer fun, that have nothing to do with social innovation or journalism or giving back and just having a good time? I collect hats. <laughs> hats. Uh, I'm a I'm a foodie. Um, uh, uh, my wife and I love to travel, um, and that travel is often around the best places to find uh, good wine and good food uh, and good environments. Um, I have what I'd call a, a puckish sense of humor. Um, it comes yeah, out in, yeah. in, in, in a lot of different ways. I went back and looked at um, the Kickstarter campaign that I ran uh, uh, at the outset of getting the book written and uh, designed and published. Um, and uh, I, I headlined the campaign, uh, I've written a fracking novel, uh, exclamation point. Um, I, just one example of, you know, well, if I can do it and still have fun. And as I looked at the, um, the 
history of that campaign, I got 74 backers. I raised more money than I expected in three weeks. I should have asked for more. Um, uh, 40% of the backers gave $50 to get the combination of a book and a T-shirt. But the other biggest category was uh, another example. Um, And it kind of goes like this. For $100, I'll put your name in the novel. And about eight people said, okay, that'll be fun. So you have eight eight characters of people who you know through your Kickstarter campaign? Uh, Uh, In the second novel, their names uh, are uh, appearing in the second novel. And that's a lot of fun, but it's also a challenge. Um, But the the other category that came right after that, for $101, I promise to keep your name out of the next novel. (laughs) And, And nine people chose that option wisely for them. So, so, but those are still things um, that are having great fun with your work. I love that you did a Kickstarter campaign and one that um, just encompassed your wonderful sense of humor. But there are those things that you do that aren't career-related that I think bring energy and enthusiasm to your, your daily life. And I want to know, hats? What's your favorite hat? Why do you collect hats? <laughs> um, well, because I'm bald. How's that? For oh, that's a good reason. Um, that's a good reason. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, that's just one example. Um, yeah, I, I admire what David Brooks did in his book, The Road to Character. And he, he described uh, two things that... Um, perhaps begin to get at what you're asking here. Um, he talked that you know, in, in our careers, maybe we're spending too much time on the things that pad our resume, the, he called them the resume virtues, the, um, the education, the um, career goals and accomplishments and that kind of thing. And I can, I can, um, I can, I put a pretty good resume together. Uh, and I'm proud of it. Um, but he talks about the eulogy virtues, and that's kind of a ghoulish term, but he's talking about things like um, at the end of a life, at the end of a career, we'll look back and what will we value more? He talks about humility and kindness and, and bravery, and um, I, I actually agree with that, and uh, the work that I've been doing and my interests um, I think, I hope, will go more toward that um, because um, I have benefited from uh, a good education, a great family, um, um, good career choices that were deeply rewarding, and uh, I simply embrace the idea that it's my time to, to give back. And that uh, that doesn't have to be um, Mother Teresa kind of stuff, um, um, but maybe it can be that. Plus, uh, let's have a little fun while we're at it. Absolutely, I I can see that in how you're um, shaping your novel. It's it talks about environmental issues, but there's a lot of fun in it. So, back to the novels. Can you tell us a little bit about the next one? Do you have a title? Do you know when it's going to come out? 
it's about two-thirds of the time. The working title is Along Came a Cider, um, and it uh, looks at Rapana County's important role uh, as one of the leaders in Virginia's um, long-distant past as a um, leading producer of apples for the apple industry. There are there were tons of orchards uh, surrounding us here, um, and uh, it takes off from that. The book is set in orchards, tip uh, by career and, and advocacy now makes um, uh, a distilled spirit called Stonewall. It's like an American version of um, France's um, apple brandy. Uh, but there are environmental aspects of that history and the heritage that are real, and it's the plot point for the second novel. I have a working title for the third one to be set in the um, vineyards of Virginia. Our area of Virginia is um, what one friend calls America's Tuscany. Um, lots of vineyards and great um, um uh, grapes and, and wines being made here, and the working title for that is um, Another Vine Mess. Great. Great. I love that. Well, I, I love the book Mother Fracker. I started rereading it, and then I thought, no, I'm going to put it aside until the next one's about to come out, because I I think you left it hanging in an awkward place, and I I, I want to uh, reread it right before I can read the next version because I want to make sure he gets himself out of trouble, and um, I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to spending some more time with him. I've yeah, I think maybe I think maybe Tip uh, um, forgot the order: uh, ready, aim, fire. Well, he'll and he get and he got him confused. Well, I think he'll he'll find his way out because I know you'll take uh, you'll take good care of him. Are there any other surprising career plans you have for the future, or do you think you'll settle more into being a novelist? I like uh, my life. Uh, I describe it as um, bi-coastal, even though uh, I'm not talking about going um, left and right. It's more north and south. Um, uh, just yesterday, uh, we closed on uh, the sale of uh, our primary Miami home. Uh, we're spending more and more time in Virginia, but we're also going to work on uh, renovating a condominium in Miami so that we can continue to have this bi-coastal life. There's even a term for what they call us, Bev. Um, we're considered halfbacks. Uh, Ann and I grew up in the Midwest moved to Florida, ran our careers there, uh, and then found uh, a place um, a little further uh, um, north, not all the way back to the Northeast or to the Midwest, but half, they call us halfbacks. So you're, ha- um, you're halfway there, but in a very special place now in uh, Rappahannock we, County. We love, we love Rappahannock County. Um, uh, I wouldn't do anything in uh, any of my future pursuits, whether it's with the nonprofit in my novel writing that would uh, bring harm to uh, Rappahannock County. And therein lies kind of an interesting dilemma, 
that I face in the second novel. Um, Mother Fracker merely imagined bringing fracking to this part of Virginia, even though um, we lie on a portion of what they call the Marcellus Shale. That's the big underground uh, field of oil, if you will, that uh, lies beneath parts of your parts of Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, Maryland. But I made that up. Uh, it doesn't exist in Montana County, and it never will. But shifting forward to uh, along came a cider. The environmental threat that uh, I'm digging into here is frankly a real one. And um, as I uh, plan to publish that book, um, I have some legwork to do to um, say this is a real um, historic threat. Um, It involves the way the industry uh, controlled things like uh, leaf uh, rot and um, insects that uh, damage apple crops. But the environmental consequences uh, are real and lasting and lingering. And as I think about that conflict, um, uh, the love I call home now in Rappahannock County, uh, and yet the sort of lingering uh, environmental menace that many people um, may not know about or simply don't want to acknowledge um, is a real one. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, balance that in a very different way from the first novel. In the first novel, I could say, look, I I made that stuff up. It's not going to happen here. It's real in other places. Um, It's perhaps for those folks that um, I wrote the novel. But in the second one, um, it's a a more present danger, if you will, um, involved uh, in the environmental threat. So balance is is the theme, perhaps, of what your next phase is going to be. And that's something that we all have to be conscious of in our careers. Our careers encompass all kinds of work. Some of it's paid, some of it's not paid. And as we become more adept at managing our careers, we get better at balancing the ethical issues, balancing the uh, um questions of earning or giving back, balancing our lives so that we're not overworking and we're still having fun. It feels like you're thinking about rebalancing your career or continuing to balance the value of what you do. And I've really appreciated your sharing with us the, the, the complicated balancing you're doing as you um, continue your very interesting career as a writer and a social innovator and, a, and a, a leading citizen of your fairly newfound home of Rappahannock, Virginia. So thanks so much, Bud, for joining me here today. Well, Bud, the, the, the conversation uh, went by in an in instant. Um, I've enjoyed talking with you about it. Um, Preparing for this caused me to go back and think uh, about various stages of my life and motivating factors, and um, uh, it was a very useful exercise. Wonderful. Thank you for helping me. Wonderful. Well, I hope we have lots of good talks in the future. Um, have Have a great day and a great week, bud. You betcha, and thank you. Today, we've been talking with Bud Meyer, 
author of Mother Fracker, a funny romp of a novel that also takes on a serious environmental issue. And here's today's tip. No matter how busy and successful your career may feel, sometimes it's useful to pause and do a little rebalancing. Ask yourself, do I spend enough time on the things that I love the most? Am I taking care of myself and making sure that I'm always learning something new? This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer, and I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO.